Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Thank you. And happy Friday, everybody. Yes, the sun is almost shining. I mean, kind of this morning. I woke up this morning thinking it's Friday. Um, and I'm grateful for a number of reasons for that, but mostly for this, right? I'm so grateful for you and for our time that we get to be here Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I love chapel, but I got to say that the thing that I love, love, love the most about chapel is senior witness. Senior witness. And just, if you don't know what senior witness is, if it's your first time around, that's okay, let me tell you. A number of years ago, Campus Ministries started something in the spring called Senior Witness. And Psalm 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And so that's what we do in the spring. Six people, just six regular seniors, not, not superstars or anything, just regular ones, come forward and... I mean, okay, there are, some, there are some superstars amongst them. Actually, they all are. Um, but they come forward and they say, hey, I'm redeemed and the Lord is redeeming me and here's my story. And so this morning, our first senior witness is Jagger Han. And Jagger, man, I probably don't need to tell you since he is well known already, but Jagger is from McBain, Michigan. He has devoted his life to the study of medicine for the glory of the Lord, and he is heading to Michigan State next year to medical school. We love you, Jagger. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm just going to turn this way because these guys are going to distract me over here. <laughs> Fine. For real. Um, this morning, I would like to begin uh, by sharing with you two stories. The first I cannot take credit for because it's not my own words, uh, but it goes something like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through Him, the world did not recognize Him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. And now for the second. Some time ago, and even now, there was and is a boy who thought he was with God. At times, he even acted like he was God. He perceived that he was with God from his beginning. Through his accomplishments, he thought he made himself to be great. Without them, the world told him he was nothing. He knew that within him was life, but his light came from what everyone else told him he was or told him he wasn't. He thought he was good at making this light shine, however, it was easily overcome by darkness. He knew of the true light, but liked what the world had to say better because he confused it for his identity. And although the world was not the boy's true home, he loved to be recognized by it. He was present in that which was not his own, but he strove to be received by it. It felt good for all those to receive him, and even better for people to believe in his name. He was focused on being a child born of natural descent and was rooted in what humans decided of him. He listened to what the world told him he was and who he should be, and the truth is, he believed it. I entered at my time at Hope with the motto, fake it until you make it. 
I'm sure many of you might have entered with a similar mindset, and it's easy to do so with such a significant transition. However, it hadn't always been this way for me. Before Hope, I thought I lived a pretty comfortable life. I had a decent home life, went to a good school, played sports, church every Sunday, had good friends. I was comfortable. Sure, I lived in a town where there were more cows than people, but nevertheless, life was good and I was confident in who I was and who I wanted to be. Originally, I thought I could ride this wave right into my college years, maybe even thought I was untouchable to some degree. Not much could go wrong, right? I guess it's in these moments that the unexpected is really just that, unexpected. You see, a few short months before I'd embark on the short journey from middle of nowhere, McBain, Michigan, to Holland and begin my time at Hope, my dad sat me down and told me he had had an affair. And a few weeks later, at least for a while, he left. Now, I know that's abrupt, and it's a long story in my feeble attempt to summarize all the emotions and pain that went along with that time. I'll just say when someone you look up to and the person you want to be someday becomes the person you try your hardest not to be, you fake it until you make it. So if you couldn't tell by now, the second story is my own, and thus how I began at Hope. So who was I? That was the question I was asking, and in some respects, I know who I wanted to be. I wanted to be a part of the first story, John's story of Jesus in the opening chapter of his gospel, the story I had memorized in fifth grade, the story I had grown up being taught could save me. I wanted to be a part of the light that can't be overwhelmed by darkness, to be the child God has offered me to be, but for some reason I couldn't, or at least I didn't choose to be. Instead, I decided to blend in, to please people, to, as we say, sometimes of people at Hope, put the mask on as I walked out of my room in the morning. I hid behind good grades, a smile, and a version of Jesus I didn't really believe could do much. I liken it to being in a hole that you're trying to get out of using a ladder made out of things I thought would help me. Success, sports, relationships, drinking. Whatever it was, each time you try to get out of the hole using the ladder, the rungs just break because they can't actually get you out. Even more so when calling out to God from this pit, it wasn't really him, only the fake cardboard cutout version of Jesus who I made up to help me escape. It doesn't work that way. It's easy to run, and it seems like a better idea to try and climb out of the pits that entrap us by ourselves, but in reality, we only end up frustrated, confused, and with a broken ladder made out of false hopes. I wish I could tell you that there was a moment or a place where I broke down, or when God confronted me with a blinding light making all things new, all things better, that wasn't the case. It's easy to get caught up looking for the big sign, something God sends to grab a hold of your attention. We look for the big flashing lights that say, this is who you are, or this is what you are to do next. Yes, God is more than capable of setting up the great heavenly billboard, plugging in the lights and shouting directions to your next move. But if he did that every day or every time we were seeking him, would we really have an opportunity to be still and know that he is God? So often I've always pushed forward, forgetting to look up or listen, and with that missing what I was looking for, God at work. However, it's amazing to look back and pull apart the pieces of your story and see where God has placed himself in the footnotes. He was there in every goofy late night study session with friends who feel, like, feel more like family. He was there in that LJ's coffee conversation where you realize that you and the person you sit across from share such a similar story and that you're not alone. He was there in every note played in this building, every hand raised, every voice. He was there even in my anxieties or my struggles with my dad. He's here now as I stand before you. 
He is present in it all, large or small, good or bad, all the while slowly showing more and more of who he was. I have been so caught up in anger and pain and trying to run away from it all that I failed to see that Christ was right in front of me, already accomplishing the redemption and healing that I was looking for. Simply put, whatever pit you are in, whatever you are searching for, or wherever you are at in life, God has his hand outstretched to you saying, you are loved by me, that is who you are. Little by little, as I began to know the true Jesus, I began to know that I was his. God's love is always greater. He came to this earth, clothed himself in flesh, wrapped himself in skin with bone and blood and two feet and two hands, which walked on the same earth on which we currently stand. He used his human muscles, straining under the weight of a huge piece of wood, blood pouring from the wounds which he received, carrying it a great distance up a hill to die upon it. Why? Because you are loved by him. Do you realize the insanity of that? How profound that is? If you're like me, the thing that comes to mind when considering this is why me? Yet I can't even tell you how many times I've gone through my day entirely taking that truth for granted. Why is it often so difficult to see this truth? I think theologian Henry Nouwen puts it well by saying, in a world that constantly compares people, ranking them as more or less intelligent, more or less attractive, more or less successful, it is not easy to really believe in a love that does not do the same. It is so easy to be told so many different things and believe them. You're not good enough. You'll only be good for this. You don't look good enough. Oh, you're struggling with depression. You must be broken. You're a sinner. You've accomplished so much, but all you have to offer is that you're really smart. Your problems don't matter. All surmounting to the question, do you even know who you really are? Our fears, our pain, our joys, and all that comes in between may at times feel like shouts into the void of eternity, unheard and uncared for, but God hears them all. He is the light that shines in any darkness or any place. You just have to remember to open your eyes to see it. God has shown me that he is not a help-all, heal-all tool I can pull out of my back pocket when convenient, but the person who provides life, who loves unconditionally, who gives the opportunity to become a child of God, and the one who walks with me daily even when I forget he's there. So the task of a senior witness is to show how God has been faithful during our time at Hope. For me, it's more than just seeing or hearing that I am loved by God. It was learning to believe that it was actually true and that that is who I am. That is who I am. You can be told that you are so many things, and the truth of the matter is that you are human, and it's easy to get lost within them. We fail. We get stuck. I know I do. But remember this. In the beginning, when the Father held you as mere dust in his hands, before he even sculpted you, he saw who and what you would become, and he loved you. He sent his son to die for you, demonstrating this great love. And now we have a chance to be that love through his spirit. Everyone has a story, and we all come from so many different places and encounter so many circumstances. But know that whatever they are, God is present, and that you are so loved. Go in peace.